Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Welcome to Filthy Shambles Season 3, Episode 10. I am Spooky. I'm joined by Dan. Dan, welcome, mate. Yeah, hey, mate. How you doing? I'm okay. I've got a really, really big question for you. I'm not sure you can handle it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test the waters and see right. whether you uh, crack under the pressure. Bring it on. Is it time for Ange Postacoglu to go? I mean, it has to be. Um, you know, we had so. a good run. We had a good run. Yeah. Um, you know... You can only keep that certain amount of football up for so long before you get figured out, and you know, like it's just, obviously, like that's that that's you know, it's, it's come to, it's come a bit sooner than I think what we probably thought. Yeah. But, but but you know, we've got lots of memories. I mean, the United game, um, United at home, uh, beat Manchester yeah. United. Oh, we beat um, we beat Bournemouth. Yeah. Yeah, loads of memories. There you go. Okay, so uh, Postacoglu, um, who I actually look, fuck this skit because this is stupid. But it's not stupid because the, the off the back of one defeat, having won a couple of games and looked pretty bright, everyone kind of loses their head. And we're going to delve into why that is. Because it's football and it's Spurs fans and it's it's a common... It's more than a common occurrence for us to be very fickle and very um, uh, reactive to the last result and everything being perceived in the future. It, you know, it's either kind of glossed over with positivity or just drowned with negativity. Uh, we got knocked out by Fulham. And let, let's actually let's actually get a little bit serious. Twist the, the question back to reality. This is the first bump in the road. Did Ange get it completely wrong in terms of rotation or do you think he was in the right in terms of him trusting these players? A lot of a lot of them play first in football and international football, trusting them to do a job at Fulham and for him to get to see how they perform. Like where do you fall on the whole rotation thing? Because it's people will argue it's fine to rotate if you've got depth in your squad, and that's the whole point. Do we have depth or not? And it, in, and then from there, it gets a little bit messy because, well, I, I'll tell you what my opinion is after after I've heard yours. Like, where where do you sit with this um, accountability for Ange on on this dark dark day for Tottenham Hotspur Football Club? Yeah, yeah. No, to, to be fair, before before the game, I saw the we saw the lineup, and I think everyone like thought the same thing, didn't they? Because we we'd kind of we've read we've seen this before, we've seen this film before, haven't we? Um, like I, I think you're looking at the, the various group chats of the picture of the lineup coming through, and I think the the word the, the word of the day was interesting, um, and. I think we, yeah, and I think it just turned out the way we thought it would. Mm. I think I personally thought it was too many changes. Um, nine, nine changes, Dan. Yeah, I nine mean, Van de, Van de, Van de, yeah, Van der Ven and Ritchie, the only ones to stay in. Mm. And um, listen, I'm obviously it's one of those things. It's a lesson learnt. Um, hopefully, it's a lesson learnt. I say at least anyway. Um, I don't think that you necessarily needed to. Um, 
that I mean, there's different views on this. I think like some people will sit there and say they'll share what Ange, Ange's point of view and what he actually said in the in the presser afterwards. With well, how else am I supposed to like see? You know, look at my players in match situations and stuff. And obviously, we've not got European football, so there is. I do sort of get that to a certain extent, but you and obviously that's a competitive game. Whereas pre-season, you probably can't see everyone fully in their pomp. You know, um, do you know what the problem is, Dan? Though. The, the, the fundamental problem with all of this, and, I, and and again, I'm not looking to blame. People might say this is the club's fault, manage, managerial decisions in terms of boardroom decisions on appointments and transfers and the rest of it. I don't want to get into that because it's it's it, the evidence is there. Of course, it's the club's responsibility. Um, but on occasions like this, when we bang on about one trophy in 20 years and it's Enoch out, and, and then you actually look at why we've been knocked out of a comp cup competition in in the last 10 years in the you know even under Pochettino the the disrespect shown to the cups was pretty hefty on occasions and especially in Europe as well although Conference League and Europa League is such a chore I can understand why we need to rotate and prioritize um, the uh, the league games because you're chasing a high position to get into the Champions League where you don't rotate and you play your strongest team and you're almost chasing your tail because it's like win something but at the cost of what oh no not at the cost of bread and butter league football sacrifice you know it's a rest day when we're playing Fulham away in the cup because we've got Burnley on Saturday so rotate a little bit so there's there's this dynamic around um, you know we don't win anything but we don't win anything because we we, we seem to show a lack of respect. Even Ange Postacoglu, who isn't tainted by anything that Spurs have done in the past, he's come in, and I guess he's been a little bit too professional and a little bit naive even, which is surprising, in thinking that these these players will somehow morph into a first team in terms of in, in terms of all the connecting points. You know, there wasn't... You know, that game was not an enjoyable game. We were both at Fulham away, and we'll talk about that later, but it wasn't a functional team. It, there was no flow to it. And we grew into the game by having possession, but we did very little with the possession. I don't remember that many shots on goal either. Maybe we had one or two in, in the entire mm. game. You know, obviously, Richarlison scored with his, with, with, with his head, if, if I remember that correctly. I've not seen any of the footage back. Yeah, um, it was. I did have a few to drink. Um, because I'm a geezer. But the thing I'm not a geezer. But the the the, 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 th- the thing is, um, if you want to really look at your players and look at this for logic, right? I'm not a football manager, but th- this is how my brain works. You want to look at your players. You're playing Fulham away in a cup. It's a winnable game with the quality we have compared to what they have. No disrespect to Fulham Football Club. Um, make three changes, maybe four changes. But make three changes, batter them, get a, get ahead, make the other changes in the second half. Because if you want to look at some of these players, they need to be around. And this is a con, this is a paradox, really. They, they they need to be around other quality players to find out if that player is quality himself. So, for example, play the same team as 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 the last game. Pull out Madison. Put Lacelso in there. Maybe bench Son. Start another play in that position. Maybe, maybe do something with the defense. Maybe mm. even change the goalkeeper. Although having seen, you know, the, having lived through the penalty shootout, I would have kept a, a certain Fucking other Italian. Hell, yeah, 
I'm not but being get... funny. That was that was like timber, wasn't it? That was oh, just my, like mate, so funny know what? to watch. We, we 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 have to we have to let me make a note that so we don't forget. Uh, pens. Oh my days. Um, so just to go back to that. So my point being is make changes, and then what happens is Dan, we knock him out of the cup, and then we've got another game where he can he can learn about these players. Now he's not he's not going to learn anything in this game before the deadline to then say, yeah, these two need to be sold, get rid of them in in, in the next sixty hours. It's ridiculous. The, the, he's in for the long haul. Yeah, and, and and we're in for the long haul, and so these players are as well are going to be tested across the season. At the end of the season, he might want to get rid of more players, but we have to get to that point, and to get to that point, test the players over the rounds of the cup competition. Do you know what I mean? We don't have European football. We can do this. We can do it in, in a pragmatic way, but instead, he, he kind of rolled the dice and just, I don't know, bet on black, and it didn't land on black. So, I know it's two different games I'm, I'm, I'm referencing there, and it's kind of butchered the uh, metaphor, <laughs> but um, really, 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 really frustrated. So, once again, rotation doesn't work for me. It just in this in this not not in, not way, in that amount. Nah, no, no, not in that amount. Like I don't think you can have A and B sides like like and and sort of expect the B side to. I've I I think he probably thought that he could afford to gamble a little bit in that way because because we were kind of led to believe going into the game that Fulham were going to rotate quite a lot because they need to keep their league, their league form sort of like, that they need to sort of improve their league form and stuff like that, right? But the other thing I didn't, I expected us to go strong for a couple of reasons. One, that, you know, I don't think you can make that many changes and expect them to play anywhere near to the same level that the first team has been playing because yeah, yeah. there's such a stark difference in quality between the lot of the first teamers and the and the players on the bench, right? Like there's yeah. that's just that's just fact. And then we've got one more game before the international break, like, and you've got a full four days before you've got to play again. So I just didn't really see the the necessity to sort of have to do it in in, in that amount. Um, and now, all of a sudden, we've got like you know one competition to worry about all the way up until what December, January now, when the when the FA Cup starts. So, you know, it's a shame because I, I think we could have gone. Don't think we would have necessarily won the League Cup. I have to be honest. Probably, you know, what, what happens when you get City in a semi or a final? You, yeah, you're fucked. Exactly. You're basically fucked, aren't you? Like, let's just be honest. Um, I know it's cup football. Anything can happen on the day, and you yeah. know, but, but but let's be real. Um, that's just what the odds would tell you. So. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a, it's just a frustrating one. That's all I can say on the on the it's rotation. Super frustrating. Um, obviously, Postecoglou. Um, you know, I mean, if we're gonna, I'd, and this and this is the other thing, right? Like, and people will probably be 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 foaming at the mouth at this. Not everyone, but I'm, I'm sure people are gonna go, oh, "Are you crazy, Spooky? Or what are you talking about?" But I'd, I'd almost sacrifice this game for the one on Saturday. I'd rather win away to Burnley. Do you know what I mean? It's just three points. Yeah. It's not like we're not going to have a chance to get more points during the course of the season. But but that that but losing to Fulham removes us from being able to win that competition. So we're we're left yeah. with the FA Cup and top four now, or top five, or whatever is is required. So so it, it is ultimately frustrating. Um, do you I think, think Burnley? Don't... I was going to say, do you think Burnley's all of a sudden? Like, I know we're going to talk about it in more depth, yeah. But just very quickly, do you think that that's almost like become a bit more of like a must, almost like a bit of a must-win now? Like, 
because you you rested all your players essentially for that game. So now you've now it's got to come up. You've got to come I, up with I, something I, from I, it, right? The, I, I yes. In you see, Dan, this is the problem, right? And and again, I'm not being critical about how people follow football and consume football. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Football. Everybody's different. Everybody has different breaking points and whatever else. Okay, and we do. I'm take kind of playing point. devil's advocate a little bit. No, you that. are. I'm not, I'm, do you know it's what I mean? It's a good but, question. But philosophically, it doesn't actually matter. What matters yeah. is what we do across the entire season. Okay, if you of really course, want yeah. to step back and work it out, you know, losing games at this point in, in at this early point will be alert. It's part of a learning curve that that Postacoglu and, and and his coaching staff have to go through. Then they're, they're going to find out about these players. We we you know Pochettino. Fuck, I mentioned his name. Um, uh, the the the, the RG that <laughs> shall not mention uh, that owns a barbecue with Spurs um, on it, but hides it when he posts pictures of Instagram. Um, he took six months or so, you know, and he he got rid of a lot of Deadwood, and he got rid of a lot of, um, or he or rather he 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 changed the the culture of the club, and those those players that were Deadwood were not necessarily bad players, but they just did not fit into what he wanted to do anymore, and some of them were bad players. And we moved on from there. I think this expectancy that everything's going to click is is superficial, and 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 that ties into your your question around Burnley, like it, it what it being a must win is is a ridiculous thing to to make put in, put in your head as a as a supporter. If you're thinking that way, it's a must win, or what? What's going to happen if we don't win? What is is, is Tottenham going to implode? Are we going to fold as a football club? Yeah. Is, is is that the end of Postecoglou? No, I mean it's pointless. But I kind of get that we 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 like the feeling we get when we're playing well, and we just have to be more acceptable, uh, more accepting rather of of that journey. And I think I think most people are. I think there are pockets of extremes that you get online, and you also get at games and away games. Um, that that will always. I mean, I had people behind me yesterday that were. I mean, the abuse, the abuse being. And we, we get we get to the away experience later, but I kind of thought, wow, like here's me thinking this is this only happens on, on on Twitter, and it, it doesn't really like people. This this person probably doesn't even use social media, you know. Mm. Th- th- this type of pressure that you put yourself under, and stress, the, the, the desire to win is so. It's just so heavy hitting in in your brain that it kind of cracks you up a little bit, and then when you score, it flips. So it's very bipolar. It's not consistent at all. Um, we'll get to Burnley uh, momentarily. I mean, did we learn anything from this game at all? Was there any positives or negatives? I know, I know, I know one or two things on the negative side, but um, what, what oh, are your yeah, thoughts? Well- I didn't actually come away feeling that bad, Spook. Though, do you know what I mean? Like, I had Penalty to say, shoot pers- out, right? Yeah, it's like you've, you've, you've like you, it's it's just like you know, I did, you go out on penalties. It's just it's a bit of a, a, a coin toss, isn't it? Like it's just it's just one of them things. Like you know, we've won shootouts and we've lost shootouts. Probably lost more than often than we see we just win. Fuck it, it's just what happens, right? It's like supporting England when it comes to Spurs in that sense, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but like. I came away just feeling okay, like because I'd already before the game even started. As I said, it was like I'm not sure how this is going to go because of the heavy rotation. If we do end up losing, well, lesson learnt. We've still got the rest of the season. There's plenty of football to be had, right? But positive wise, like I thought, this support was fucking amazing. Like 
just in general, like the away support, I thought that, you know, generally great with like in terms of trying to make like noise throughout the entire game as much as we can. We were shut up for a bit, obviously, when they went 1-0 up because I think we were yeah. a bit shell-shocked by it. Yeah. Because um, it was a bit of a shit goal as well, wasn't it? Like it was just a bit oh, scrappy massively. sort of like finish. Um, but I was, was right. It was behind... OG, wasn't it? Like, like yeah, I think I think it was in the end. Yeah, like I was I was right behind that goal, so I saw both goals like literally right in front of me. So I was, but so I was there for like the limbs, like the absolute limbs for when Richarlison scored as oh, well. Beautiful. Um, I was further back, unfortunately, but it's still still a yeah. great moment. I mate, the, the positive. You talk about positives. Like I was so happy I was there for that. I had a feeling he'd score like on the night, just because it's. If, I've, I feel like that. I felt like that against Bournemouth and I felt like that like against Fulham. It's these games that I think are ones where he can score. And I'm not being funny. We delivered maybe about one cross into the box and guess what? He fucking scores. Like, if you're going to use this geezer properly, you've got to get crosses into the box. And I think, you know, we're coming to signings and stuff like that. But I'm looking at our wingers and they just don't deliver. Like, they get to the byline, then they want to stop and then pass back. And by the time they do that, like, the opposition defence is just getting set. And then all of a sudden, and he's not obviously going to be some. He's always going to be as high up as he can, right? I wonder so he's if not that's gonna... because there's no Kane to aim for. If if it's just a like a psychological yeah, in, barrier, yeah, maybe. But he's good in the air. Yeah, like, no, just, I know. just fucking. Yeah. Just it shouldn't be about the personnel that's there. Like you, the you're drilled in like in sessions to like yeah. not even look where you're aiming. Like you know where like the, the penalty spot and the six yard box doesn't move. It's always in the same place. It's up to the striker to try and get on the end of your cross. So. Just put the ball in the area and see what happens. Like I think Solomon didn't have a great game and he looked a little no. bit out of his depth. But I think Kulusevski is is he's beginning to slowly just find his groove again. He's nowhere near the levels that we know he's he can nah. be at because the levels he can be at in in pockets. And I stress this in case I get misquoted. In pockets, he's Bale esque in terms of you can remember him in his first season, once he started to cook a little bit and he was maraudering down that wing and he was almost unstoppable and he had cut in and take a shot and you always felt that he would score and he scored loads of those those type of efforts at mm. Juventus. And you know how powerful a player he can be. And and he, he was going past people comfortably at, at times yesterday, but the basics, which you refer to, he was failing with. So I do think that it's just... It's just a few more games. I, I feel like it's I think, just the level that he's not yeah. quite at in terms I, of full fitness or just full like match yeah. uh, fitness in his head. He's starting to look a little feet. bit better. I don't. I didn't think he was great when he came on. I have to be honest. I thought he was. He grew into the Bournemouth game quite well, where he started to trust his weak foot, his right foot, a lot more in the Bournemouth game, he, he, and and against United as well, where he would he would put crosses <laughs> into that six yard sort of area. He'd yeah. get to the byline and he'd trust yeah. his right foot and get it across. Whereas last night, is he, he was doing what I think he was doing a lot of last season, where he wants to sort of. He's just a bit of a one-trick pony sometimes, and I think he's easy to read because you know he wants to come back onto his left foot, but rather than sort of digging out across with his left once he's cut back on it, he'll sort of dribble infield and then just sort of lay it off to someone, and nothing. It amounts to nothing, and that's kind of what he was doing last night. I felt um, from where I was sitting, anyway. Like yeah. I, I just think he need, he needs to. I think all of our wingers, to be honest, just need to be a bit braver in their play because if we if they can't beat people and they can't get crosses in the box, then what the fuck is the point of them? Like, that's literally why they're there because they're not going to score loads and loads of goals, right? 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was good to see Richie score. It's like, again, another obstacle like in his head yeah. in terms of just, you know, just getting that off his back. And, and um, it, again, this is, this is a weird one, right? There's, there's, there's observations you can make with body language. I know it was spoken about on a previous pod, the way he reacted to um, his not-so-great uh, performance away to... It was Bournemouth, wasn't it, that he got subbed? Why? Um, why, why yeah. Was, he had a bit of a, a mare in that game, right? And he got substituted. He had, he had like... He he done he played all right in that game, didn't he? I thought like before I think the he just had key like a moments mad... he were not he great. Had, like, no, yeah. but like he was really unlucky with key moments. I yeah. think people are digging him out for when he nutmegged the geezer, done the Cruyff turn. But it's like, well, there's Danny Murphy talks about on Talksport. There's a handball in there that doesn't get picked up, like where it because oh, it touches the guy's that. because it touches the guy's hand. It, it's not called a handball, but it touches the guy's hand. Is right. my point? Yeah. But because he's on the floor. He's put the guy on the floor and then he's nutmegged him. But because it hits his hand, it kills the momentum. If he, if that didn't happen, he probably would have scored. And then the header, I mean, he just put that wide. That header, he ended. it was literally the same as the one he scored last night, the one that he missed against Bournemouth. Mm. So you're going to miss some, you're going to score some. And last night he scored, right? So, But then he just had a mad 10 minutes, didn't he, against Bournemouth, where he, he tripped over the ball and lost his head because the, the crowd obviously took the piss out of him. He's then got a booking for lashing out. And then he was just going full Balotelli where he just thought, fuck this, can't be arsed. And got the ball, hold on to it too long and just giving it away. And then he got hooked, and it obviously. Was, you know, the, what, I'm, what I'm thinking back to is last night, the way he kind of half limped off and then started jogging off. And I was thinking, are yeah, you, is that an I excuse? Did, yeah. Is that, are you actually, have you picked up a knock? And, and, it's, and it's, it's, it's not that I don't trust the guy or, or I think he's insincere, but part of me think, that the part of me buys into this kind of, slightly shaky mentality and it's interesting he doesn't feel like that or look like that when he's playing for Brazil and maybe it's just because he's with his Brazilian brothers he's with his with other people that he's completely and utterly comfortable with and the style plays completely different I don't know if it's if 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 it's just he doesn't quite believe where he's at is it's and he therefore he doesn't produce what you would say is his Brazilian performances for Spurs Mm. Um, and then again, I mean, you look at you look at his performances at Everton. Sometimes they were quite erratic, and so there, yeah. there's lots of little question marks about about him. But I'm definitely not someone who sat here waiting for him to fail. I want him to be a success. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Incredibly right. li- likable, and he and he does have a bit of talent. You know, I look at um, his body language and stuff. As you say, like I think I'll be honest, there is a little bit of like the sort of. Um, I mean, Graham Souness would would probably say it's Latin players, wouldn't he? But like, you look at the likes of Fernandez, the mad racist. Just, yeah, definitely. But it's just like you know, like you get some of these players where they're just they're just they're just fucking like just I don't know what you'd call them. They are just like wussing out a lot of the time, mm. aren't they? And then putting it on a little bit, like oh, I've I've felt a twig there. I'll I'll make out like I'm hurt a bit there. Make that like you know, just you know, make people think that I'm a little bit hurt. That's why I fucked that up. Do you know what I mean? I do think there's an element of that. Fernandez does it all the time. Takes ages to get up, and he moans yeah. about being hurt when he's not hurt. They all, they're all at it. So stuff like that, I don't tend to read too That's much fair. into. But I mean, with him as well, he had his fair share of injuries last year. So you, you're yeah, always watching him, just thinking, "Oh, for fuck's sake, don't tell me you've done something else now." It's just when yeah. you scored a goal as well. A <laughs> um, Graham Souness isn't a racist. He's just uh, not that I know of anyway. He's just old. Yeah, um, just to, just to kind of um, make sure that. Uh, there's no kind of league. In case he's listening, 
Um, oh, well, he, I, I'm sure he is. I'm sure uh, Graham and his uh, his uh, reps and agents are listening to this podcast. Um, where can we go from here? Like in terms of, well, we can't go into the next round. Uh, definitely not. We're out of the cup. <laughs> forward to look, we look forward to the FA Cup, but we've got plenty of time to just mobilise and train and prepare and condition for the league games. And obviously we do have this international break, which is incredibly frustrating as well, because if you go back to the whole Burnley thing, um, well, actually let's, let's stick with Burnley before we, we uh, go on to, well, actually, no, let, let's, I've just realized that we, I didn't do a podcast after Bournemouth. Um, I oh, yeah, that, was on, that was on that was on purpose just because I was conscious of, of Fulham. So let, let's, we've kind of spoken about Bournemouth a little bit. Uh, what what did you make of that performance? Because it was, it was another solid Spurs kind of kind of um, day out in terms of mm. the, the football, the pressing, the the patterns of play. You know, just just how alert and uh, rejuvenated. You know, you kind of sit there, and it's weird because I don't know about you, Dan. I momentarily forget. I forget about Harry Kane. Like mm. I don't sit there thinking, you know, when you leave the house and you like you, you get in your car and you drive, uh, like I don't know, four or five hundred meters away, and you're thinking, I'm missing something. Here. I feel like I'm missing a limb, and you're like, fuck, I left my mobile phone in the kitchen. Do you know what I mean? And and you have this kind of phantom limb syndrome when it comes with you with you, with your phone because you're constantly looking at your phone, and it's the same. We've been constantly looking at a Tottenham team with Harry Kane up front. And then Kane's gone, and you're meant to miss him. How can you not? But but because of these players, because of the collective, and because of the likes of Madison and, and several others, the synergy is so bright and 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 so there's so much energy to it. And it's not perfect, but it it kind of left me thinking this is this is this feels new. It finally feels like we're moving on, even though we've left. Or a certain part of us has left us behind. Um, so, like, what was your main takes from from Bournemouth? I'm conscious that everyone's probably reviewed this and moved on from it now. So, um, highlights from yeah. Bournemouth. I think the main thing about the, I think the Bournemouth game just like overall was just an enjoyable watch, wasn't it? I thought we played some some brilliant stuff. I don't. I think we bossed that game completely. Um, it's like three games in a row where Basuma has just like looked unbelievable as well. And he's even got pundits on like Sky and TalkSport sitting there thinking, what on earth was Conte seeing in training that made him not pick this guy? Like he's literally had him a full season and not used him hardly at all. And then when he did use him, he'd done he'd psychologically broken him that he just didn't look anything like the player that he that we're seeing now. Um or that we saw at Brighton as well. Um I mean just to caveat the Basuma thing, he he was Kind of chronically injured for for a period of time. I'm not defending Conte. No, he, but my point is when he was then playing, he yeah. just he just like you can't tell me that he looked at all remotely nothing, like what we're seeing now. Nothing like, like that player. Like with, that was with, at Brighton. The, the prices that central defensive midfielders are going mm. for now, like you're talking about a hundred million pound mm. player sat at our club right now. Do you, mm. do you know what I mean? Like it's, he's 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 well up there in terms of some of the best in in his role, based on what we're seeing. Um, and what, and obviously what we saw at Brighton as well. Um, I thought it was great that Madders got his got his first goal. I thought he was so influential that day. Um, 
Mm. I just thought he was he was just him and Bissouma were just running the game. But I thought that's his, that's the best that Madders has looked sort of like for Spurs so far. Um, and uh, I even thought I, I think the main thing was even though he didn't score assist, I thought Sonny looked really up for it and really on it. I thought he was that's that's the best I've seen him play wide for a long time. Like where yeah, he would he'd have his back. He'd have his back to someone, but then the ball was coming into him, and he's got he's taking it on the turn around. He's outside of his foot, spun the geezer, and then he's off. And you think we've not seen that for so long. Um, and he was able to start beating people, get crosses in, and that's what I mean. That's what we need to start seeing more of. Um, and I thought Kudelski got his goal, um, and was probably good for his goal in the sense that he 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 was keeping at it and working hard through the game. Yeah. But yeah. I, I still just think we need more from him, though. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. he was right place, right time. He done well to score the goal, but I feel like it's like if he was if he was playing centre forward, I would have thought he had a good game. But because he's playing wide, I expect him to be involved more and impacting more. If you get what I mean? Yeah. I, again, it's just the refinement is isn't quite there. You can see you can see exactly the players are buying into what Postecoglou wants from them, and they're. There is some expansiveness, and there's definitely a lot of expression. But it's also you're, you're seeing you're seeing the training um, sessions play out on the field in a competitive match. So it's that those interchanges, you know, the way Destiny played the one-two, you know, byline cross cross the ball in, and and and, and Klesevsky obviously had that little touch. You know, he was attacking the six-yard box. You can tell that they knew exactly what they were doing there, right? Mm. That they, 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 you know, that they, they uh, the awareness of where players are. Um, but you're right. Where we're failing a little bit is just is just in 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 the basic stuff that just isn't quite flowing in in certain aspects. And and obviously the. You know, when you play a better team, I mean, not that Manchester United are not a good team, but when when we do come across teams who are who are kind of final product football clubs like like Man City, there are say a certain um, scumbag team that play in red in 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 the fake part of North London. You know, mm. these teams these teams are just adjusting to having new players, so they're. They're already end game bosses, if that makes sense, right? Whereas yeah. we have to skill up a little bit to be able to, to 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 find how how to beat them. And at the moment, arguably, it's you know going into North London derby as well in September. You kind of know that Spurs are often beating themselves before the opposition beat them. You know that we're making the mistakes and allowing the other team to to punish us. And that's football again. Football is about. You know, you capitalize on mistakes of the other team, and if mm. you happen to be high-level teams, then it becomes a bit of a chess game, and it becomes a bit of, about about a moment of brilliance and the rest of it. That that's fine. We we all understand how football works at that level. Um, so yeah, there are definitely areas the same way that we've spoken about on on every pod this this you know since the season started that the front three have to start clicking. So it's good that there is elements of that that are starting to click. Yeah, and you got Madison in the middle. Um, I, I want to kind of jump jump around, jump around. I want to jump around a little bit uh, here with obviously looking at Fulham, looking at Bournemouth, thinking of the games ahead, thinking of the, the, the I don't know how many hours we've got left, we've got, how many days have we got left before the window closes? Like, is it, is it, is it end, end of day Friday that the window shuts? Uh, yeah, so it'll be... 
Well, no, when's the when's the thirty first? That's yes, tomorrow. Thursday's tomorrow. Bloody hell. Okay, so yeah. So okay, so with that in mind, um, obviously we've got a little chat group with with, with the the very merry Geordie uh, uh, Spurs Chris, who was very kind to um, sell me his uh, Fulham ticket. Am I allowed to say that? Actually, couldn't. couldn't it doesn't matter. Um, anyway, I went to Fulham yesterday. He didn't go. Uh, but he 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 he's kind of made a comment that that I'm sure a lot of people are considering at this very late hour of the day. You know, we haven't got a replacement for Vicario, or rather, we, the replacements for every one of these players are not good enough. Vicario, centre backs, Basuma, Madison, Richarlison, and obviously the caveat with Richarlison is that we don't know if he's going to be good enough to lead the line. So he's concerned that. These areas, we lose a player to injury in any of these areas and we are in trouble and we won't have a window until January again to to fix this. So I guess where he's coming from is why are are we in this position again this late in the day looking to sell players to buy players and and needing key players in? Um, I guess guess if you want to wrap it up into a, a proper question... Like what? Actually, the question is: I'm going to repeat myself. Why do we leave it so late? Does it? Is this just the way the transfer window works? Um, but especially for Tottenham, knowing that we have players who just will not leave. Endombele will not go to Genoa. He wants to go to the Champions League team, which is absolutely ridiculous. Like, mate, he it, can it, fuck himself. That guy. He's honestly, I'm, I'm just so done with him, and he's just his whole vibe because. I think we've all kind of like wanted him to do well for a long time, but when he just yeah. genuinely, when he can't apply himself across four managers or whatever it is, and just has no ambition to go and play football because he knows he's not going to play here because he doesn't want to play for Genoa, I'll just sit there think like, right, maybe you don't want to play for Genoa, but like, fuck me, like you're not going to play football if you don't go, so. Do you want to play, or do you just want to be a sponge, like, or or, or a bit of a leech? Like, what what are you at this point? Um, yeah, I mean, some people will probably have different views on that, and people are really interested in player welfare and all that sort of stuff. So am I. They, he gets paid fucking very handsomely for what he does or what he doesn't do at this point. So, like, you know, what else is there to say about him? It's just it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's massively disappointing, and but like, why? So, what? What's the crux of it? it, it have we just lucked out in the worst luck possible? With mm. you know, we're signing players who were bought for a, a manager that that was then sacked, and then there was the the there was COVID lockdown. He never, you know, him and and Gio Lacelso never seemed to fit in at Tottenham. Even Lacelso, who played a lot more games. Just there was just there's a an aura that was very much Argentinian, you know, like he was just using us as some kind of training camp to then go off and play international football, and he never really looked like he was up for playing for Spurs. And and he's a player who is potentially the Madison replacement. I guess you know, Chris Julie Chris uh, is is looking at it as well. There's no evidence that this guy can replace Madison, and you look at Madison. On a professional level and just on a connect the dots level, he's everything that we've needed. Like from a creative spark uh, way, we spoke about this on, on on other pods. He's such a Tottenham player, and he's elevated himself, and he's enjoying it. And you can see it in his football. And he's just he's just he's part of what we want to be. 
Whereas Gio is like, he just feels like a stranger. And Endombele just feels like someone who's been invited to a party that, um, he, you know, he's just gate crashed it basically. And he's mm. moaning about the food and drink that's available. And he's like, mate, we don't even know who you are. Like, what are you doing here? Like, yeah. Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, if we're, we're actually waiting to sell, to sell these guys or some of these players before we can bring in more, and I get why we need to do that, it is a, like an admin issue. Like we've got too many players registered, we don't we don't want to be left paying money for players who are not doing anything, but they're not doing anything anyway. Like surely we need to be in a better position where we are, we have the players that we need to be able to play the football that we want to play. Uh, and, and and these other players can rot. You know, I don't care how much it costs. You, you, do you get where I'm going with this? It's just I out do, of frustration. Yeah. There's no logic yeah. to what I'm saying other than being absolutely bored and sick and tired. No, and, 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 I share, and I share the, the, the views and the sentiments of that, mate, because it is frustrating, isn't it? Like, we do constantly end up in this same position um, that you just think like... but I'd, at the same, but at the same time, like I'm not here to make excuses or anything like that. But mm. we, we've we've got quite a lot of players who are quite undesirable. Let's be honest. Like, yeah. there's a reason that they're not easy to shift because they're not very good. A lot of them. Um, I think it's the money, the wages they're on as well. I think we've, the problem is, mate. There's such. I I can't believe how much there seems to be such a lack of dough in Europe at the moment. It is ridiculous. Like, or anyone who goes to Italy is going there on loan. They're not going there permanently. None of these clubs want to buy anyone because they can't buy them. I honestly wonder, like, a fear for the state of, like, Italian football, Spanish football and all the rest of it for within the next few years. I think they could be completely, like, falling away and you'll be seeing, like, Saudi and the Prem as basically the only two viable options for players to play. Yeah, I think it's going to get that bad. Because when you're talking about, like, Hugo Lloris not even being able to like sort of go to Italy without any snags, and he's, he's basically rejected going... four clubs apparently. Supposedly, but, but, if you want to believe. I that. mean, look, I think he'll get released one way or another this summer. Yeah. I can't see him staying. Like he's got yeah. one year left on his deal. He'll, they'll just pay him up. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit different when you've got someone like a Ndombele with three years left or whatever it is on two hundred grand a week. And if you can get him shifted for about ten mil, then you will. Do you know what I mean? But you're not going to just... I can't see a club like us just ripping up his contract because you have to pay him up. Um, and that's so that's that's the other problem. I mean, he's got to be willing to go somewhere and we can't really seem to find a, a team that really fancies him. But he's done that to himself. It's not our... You can't just make someone go somewhere. He's not He's not reliable enough. He's not fit enough. And he's not... Just he's just not fucking good enough to, to to be relied upon for a club to want to try and take a punt on him. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um as for the as for the others, like who the fuck would want to buy Jaffet Tanganga? Seriously, tell me that. Who who would want to buy him? But do you know what's mad, Dan? I think some of these some of these guys, like if you just if if we're just honest for a moment, okay, like to play Premier League football, to be at a Premier League football team. Like mm-hmm. you, you, you're you're still an elite athlete. You're still one of the best players in your in 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 your profession. Okay, not, not necessarily elite, world class, international class, or even Premier League class. You could argue, but he can play for a Premier League team. There's been a lot worse players at, at, at other football clubs. Mm-hmm. It's just how these players are not. Why are they not desirable? Like like 
it, it I don't feels... think it's, I don't think it's a case of all of them not being desirable. But let's take Davinson Sanchez as an example. You would have thought there would have been a decent amount of French and Spanish clubs willing to buy him, right? Whether yeah. it, he's, he's linked with the likes of Sevilla and there's there's all sorts of like clubs that he's been linked with. Ren, mm. I think, is another one. And I, I I come back to it, the money side of it. I don't think we should be willing to just take five million quid or whatever it is for Davinson Sanchez. Like he's worth, he is worth more than that. He's probably about a fifteen million pound player or something like that, right? But these clubs just don't seem to be willing to pay it. And you think, like, well, are we? Are we? Or should we just really cut our losses like that much because the rest of Europe are peasant and none of the other English clubs need him because they've got their players? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, there's only so many places these players can go. You can't shove them all in the same place. So yeah. it's like. You know, there's got to be clubs that need players in their positions, um, and there probably are. Like, don't get me wrong; it's not. I'm not an expert on this. I imagine a lot of it is a case of trying to get. You know, they're, they're probably on big money, and their agents don't want to pump them out to clubs either. They'd rather they stay there. That's fair. It's a mess. It feels like a Tottenham mess. I'm sure other clubs have trouble selling players. I don't think that we're not doing things wrong. I I want to make that clear. I do think we probably could have done stuff better, but I haven't got the fucking answers. And at the same time, I don't think it's as easy as just fucking get rid of them. Are we we a few injuries away from absolute chaos, though, in terms of Angie's attempt at building something, you know? I think it depends uh, who gets injured, really. Like, I mean... Mm. I mean, if Richarlison got injured, all right, there's not another direct centre-forward to replace him outside of Dane Scarlett or putting Son through the middle and then putting Perisic wide or something like that, right? But again, but I don't think that's like a disastrous injury because he's not someone who's contributing performances and numbers that we can't live without, if you get what I mean. Like, so it depends what you mean by disastrous. I think the disaster. I don't think he would be a disastrous injury. I think someone an injury to either of the centre backs, and we're we're probably in a bit of trouble. An injury yeah. to Bissouma, same same point, um, and probably Madison as well at this moment in time. It sounds like. I mean, it sounds like we're probably going to have some reinforcements coming in in the next day or so. That we're going to get a couple of deals over the line. Yeah. Um, well, let's, but let's it, go it, to it that. just depends who. So we're we're basically we've been linked. It's gone really quiet with Gift Auburn. It's gone uh, quiet with um, Jonathan David. Um, Who's now, he? I'm sure Jonathan David. Have I got that right? Do you mean Brennan Johnson? Yeah, but there's there's the guy that's at. I'm going to tell you in a minute. Right. Uh, what club is he at? Jonathan David uh, Lille in. Oh, okay. Uh, so, so, what, so what, what what positions are he then? He's a striker. Know. Oh, okay. So he's a striker cool. that used to play for Ghent, who um, Gift Auburn plays for. Got it. And, yep. And Belgian Spurs on on Twitter, who's, who's uh, who, who came over for nineteen eighty uh, for nineteen for eighteen eighty two way back in the day when eighteen eighty two. If you're a fighting cock listener, you know what we're talking about. Eighteen eighty two, charting away youth game in the FA Cup. And it took several hundred supporters there to 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 support them. And it started a bit of a movement that then kind of morphed into something that we started doing at White Hart Lane because the atmosphere at games was so dog shit. Um, I think I met you at uh, eight, yeah, uh, eight in eighty two. Okay, yeah. Am I grooming you, mate? 
Am I the nonce? <laughs> the fuck? I, was, I was there years ago. I was fucking. I was about fucking like sixteen, I think. Yeah, mate. Like, this, this information you can't have. This information on the podcast. I'm, I'm <laughs> potentially ruining. Right. So, Don't be silly. The, <laughs> so the point being is, uh, this guy, it's his team in Belgium. Yeah. So he was telling me in a in a in a, in a tweet conversation. The gift is is uh, Auburn is really raw. He can score from anywhere, mm-hmm. but he's not a great footballer, which kind of mm. made me think. Mm, that's and obviously this is just someone's take, right? Um, whereas David uh, is a good footballer and can score, so he's more polished, he's more refined. Um, so that was quite interesting. But we've we've heard nothing on either of them for a while. So you kind of you're not you're, you're unsure about whether we were ever in a position. To, to sign them, you know, how deep was the interest, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now it's kind of shifted to Johnson at Nottingham Forest, who's not a centre forward. Obviously, he's a kind of a, a forward, a, more of a winger. Yeah. And then you've got a certain wonder kid uh, made, of, made of glass, uh, even though he played most of, if not all of Barcelona's games last season. Um, what are you thinking of the wonder kid? Mate, when that when I saw that, I thought bollocks won't happen. Oh, you should tell him who he is, by the way. I'm saying Wonder Kid, like people know. Yeah, who and we're Suf, talking about. and Fatty. Um, yeah. yeah, like thank you. I think we all know, like whether we've. I've not really seen this guy play. I'm not going to lie, right? But I think we've definitely all heard of him, and he's been touted as like one of the best things to come out of Barca's academy for years now, right? Yeah, and he was part of their league winning side, and you think, what's the fucking catch here? Do you know what I mean? Like, because that to me would be like a loan signing, fair enough, not a permanent one. But when you talk about, you know, in just improving our options and you've already got like Perisic, Solomon, Son, Kudasevsky, and you bring someone like him in and possibly Brennan Johnson, I think that I think that'd be terrific, to be honest with you. I mean Fatty is meant to, I've I've barely seen a lot of it, but everything you read or hear about him, it's like, well, this this is like some sort of Van der Vaart type signing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like it, it worries me if it's not obligation to buy and it's not or it's not permanent. Uh, but then it also worries me why Barcelona Barcelona would let him go. Like what's it's money, what's mate? The... Money. Yeah, it might tie back to what you were saying. <laughs> Maybe it's just Barcelona. Sheer... The Barcelona. Yeah, but Barcelona have got major issues, right? Like they yeah. over the part. I genuinely think they're going to possibly cease to even be a club in the not too distant future which oh, is wow. ridiculous considering they just won the title right like you think about the players that they're forcing out of their club because they can't afford their wages like Usman Dembele and now and they tried to get rid of fucking De Jong last year to United they tried to basically try to force him to go and he didn't want to go yeah. um and Sufati, they want to get out on loans so that they don't have to pay for his wages they've obviously like never paid for him because he was an academy product but He's got like three hundred grand a week wages or something stupid, and they obviously want us to pay those. Um, so like, it's 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 ridiculous. Like that that club is in so much trouble. We're bigger than Barca. That... Is all I'm seeing here, basically. Well, we're I think we're certainly think we're, we're certainly we're certainly wealthier at this point. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's, but that makes it bigger, it, mate. If it's <laughs> I mean, but the thing is, they'll be able to. They'll have other players that can play in his position. I would imagine yeah. because they've still got. Like some decent, they'll probably have another academy product that they can just play. You know, um, there was another one they were raving about in midweek, whose name escapes me. Um, but th- they've got like another wonder kid who's already coming through now. Who 
Um, I think he was a winger who's 17 years old or something like that and apparently looked class, right? And you think, right, well, he'll just be the, the Ansu Fati replacement for this season then. And they've already got Rafinha on the other side and Lewandowski through the middle. So they'll hardly be struggling, do you know what I mean? Just, just on... Um, just on the deadline day in transfer window, would you be happy with uh, Fatty and Johnson? I'd probably not just just those two. I'd like we need a centre back, right? You do. We, need we do need another centre back. Like he needs to be another centre back. I know we got that Philip skeezer in, but like he's he's not played Premier League football, and unless he's going, and if he if he was going to be like a Delhi type player, do you know what I mean? Who comes up yeah. from League One or the Championship or whatever it is and goes straight in. He'd be yeah. playing. Obviously, it's not as easy as that because Van de Ven has obviously been brought in to play Romero. That those two are going to start every game, right? Um, maybe Phillips would come in if if we get an injury, but that doesn't look like the case so far because we didn't see him last night. And you know, Davinson Sanchez seems to be the fucking third centre back right now. Yeah, it, it's it's. I might have to record something post transfer window on Friday. I'll probably be really cooked. Um, I like Johnson though. By the way, obviously, I've not really can't really speak much to Fatty other than that. Just by everything you read and see, obviously, I think it'd be a really good signing just for just to add to the squad. And if mm. he ends up contributing what he contributed to Barca, well, mm. happy days because we need people who can score goals ultimately. Yeah. Uh, but Johnson, I, I really like. I really like Johnson. I've, I, I've liked the look of him ever since Forest have come up. I think I like his style of play. He's got pace. He's a right footer who plays on the right, but he looks like he could obviously it's play exciting. any of those front three roles. I, I think he's a good good player, and I know people will probably squ- get a bit squeamish at the uh, you know the squint at the fifty million price tag. But that's well, British. That that's just the it, way that exactly. Our... You yeah. know, transfer market is. I mean, Spence has gone to Leeds. I think that's official. Scratching yeah. my head. Um, no obligation has, or option to buy on that. Which is good because then, you know, I, I, I still have hopes for him. I, I, you know, I think he... I think it's a bloody good signing for Leeds because they're, they're struggling right now at the start yeah. of the season. So they need We'll, we'll find out. We'll find yeah. out what he can produce at that level and then if he can then make the step up again and, and, yeah. and maybe impress... Postacoglu in training. I hope so too. Yeah, um, the fight cock lads are moaning in 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 our chat about um, about why why che- why are City going to sell Palmer to Chelsea? And it's just it, 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 there's a conversation that's kind of come out of that that none of the top six w- 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 would ever sell any players to Tottenham. Um, do you know what I'm saying? Like, wh- why is everyone else in bed with each other and and, and supplementing each other? Like even like West Ham will sell to Arsenal and and everyone else will do these little kind of deals and the rest of it and like we're stuck here having to 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 look across the the, the lower teams. Do you get what I'm saying? Because there's a there's a yeah. lot of players that are sitting on the bench or not quite fitting in. Are they scared of us, Dan? Are these clubs scared of Tottenham, little old Tottenham? Just because if we do if we do make the right signings in certain areas, we might be a threat. Or should I just remove my tinfoil hat and, and I don't know, cook a chicken with it? I, I don't know. Mm. I, I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not, that wasn't really a question in there. It's, it's just like, if things get a little bit weird, um, which is why I am going to get a bit cooked on Friday and uh, um, have a few drinks and then probably just recall the solo pod off the yeah, back nice. of what happens um, because I'm, I'm just conscious of uh, the fact that we have a lot of expectations. I would like to see three players come in. I think... That would be incredible, and some last-minute deals to push players out. I mean, that's ideally what we need. 
I think. I th- as- well, I think it sounds like Eric Dyer is possibly going to move now, doesn't it? He wasn't even in the squad last night, was he? Yeah. So, you know, he's, he could potentially end up at Bayern Munich, which is fucking mental, right? So bizarre, bizarre. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll do all right in Germany, though. That's the thing. It's just a different sort of like league, isn't it? So if he does go, I'd wish him all the best wherever he goes. But I yeah. think Fulham were also linked with him. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, so they I were think, because Tossin was was someone we were looking to. Yes, and he's going Monaco, isn't he? So um, yeah. another I, one. I, I, I could see Dyer going. I'm undecided on Sanchez. I think if a right offer comes in for him and he's happy to go, I think he'll go. But at the same time, I get this vibe that he might quite want to stay and prove himself here. Do you know what I mean? As much as our mm. fans won't want him to, I think he might. And Ange seems to trust him and like him. And said he thought Davinson played well last night, which I thought he was okay. I didn't wouldn't have go as far as to say he played well, but um, I don't think he was bad. Do you know what I mean? As like a third oh, do you know what we haven't spoken about, game. mate? We, we, before we end, before we end the normal podcast. And we just switch over to uh, to the Patreon part. Yeah, yeah. The penalties. We were going to talk about the penalties uh, in the Fulham game. Uh, let's just end. Let's just end on the penalties because, like, Forster, what the fuck, man? Like, he was losing. He was losing to gravity before he he kind of allowed the ball to be conceded. He would fall before the. He felt like he was falling to the wrong side before the player even kicked the ball. Like it was the most bizarre, and again, maybe it's just my vision from way back in the away end. Um, but it was just you're not going to be competitive in a penalty shootout if you don't have a if you don't have a keeper who can save penalties. I'm not being funny. He doesn't even position himself well for them. Like his feet, he's a he's tall so guy. Big. He's so heavy, and he's a massive guy, right? His feet are dead straight, positioned underneath him. He's never going to be able to dive. That's why he just falls, and you just think like. He just looked like he weren't even fucking up for doing penalties for stuff. It was a joke what I was watching. I was laughing. It was just ridiculous. It was so bad. What what were your thoughts on um on Sanchez taking the third pen and like this rumour, supposed rumour that oh, I don't know. God, like I've not even know. heard about this. Go on. What is so it? So the rumour is that there were players who were refusing to take penalties and that's why Sanchez was third in line to take a pen. Okay, so I don't know what to make of that. If it's true, well done to him. He stood up, yeah. he gave it a go, and he's a defender who, and who's probably not expected to score. And you know, lo and behold, he missed. Everyone else scored though, didn't they? So yeah. you know, it's just like you know, fair play to him for stepping up. And anyone who then didn't step up, hopefully that tells Postacoglu a lot more that he maybe didn't already know about who he can and can't trust when it comes to it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, that rumour could be a load of bollocks just to kind of spike a bit of uh, attention on on Twitter. Well, who, so let's, we... let's look at it this way. Who didn't take one that you would have expected to take one ahead of him that was on the pitch at the time? So was Gio still on the pitch or did, had he come off by that point? Uh, he was subbed at right. half-time. So, uh, obviously, Scarlet. so I would say maybe... Um, so obviously Madders took one, scored. Kulisevsky took one, scored. Son took one, scored. And they're the only other three, right? So I'm trying to think who else was on the pitch. I would have expected maybe... Did per- Perisic was still on though, wasn't he? Did he stay I think on? He was, I think he was subbed as well, mate. I, I, I'm definitely... And apologies to listeners. I'm not going to rewatch the highlights of this game. Maybe, 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 <laughs> maybe someone like Saar. I would have liked to have seen him step up and take yeah. one or something like that. Like, no, I, I don't know. buy into it. I think pinch of salt. I, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna 
apply further misery on top of what was a miserable evening, unfortunately, result-wise. But look, what we're going to do is we're going to end the normal podcast here, as we always do. If you want to listen to the extra uh, part of the pod, uh, we're going to talk about Fulham Away, um, a, a few little stories that came out of that. We're going to talk about the the uh, the new away kit that we were, the third kit that we were wearing as well, just such a bizarre colour choice. Mm. And a couple of other little bits and pieces. Um, so if you want to listen to that, please check out Spooky in Purgatory, which is on patreon.com. Uh, thanks for downloading. Catch you on the next one. See you later.